Hello everybody, and welcome back to OMB Reviews. I am the critic who is a cynic. How is everyone doing this evening? Happy and blessed Holy Week to everybody out there. Happy Holy Tuesday, as it is known. And welcome to episode 339 of the Welcome to Asgard podcast, where today we'll talk a little bit about Holy Week, take some questions there, and obviously have our typical movie box office talk as well. Haven't done a whole lot since this past Monday, yesterday, when I saw Ambulance and IMAX put a review up on the channel just the other day, and yeah, still can't really get over just how bad the cinematography is in that film. It, it's still quite amazing to me. Um, and there is a half-decent story underneath it, and I feel that if they had at least had a competent either cinematographer or had Michael Bay not gone crazy with his shot ideas, again, one of the two has to be true, then it probably would have been a half-decent film. Unfortunately, a lot of it gets lost and garbled in the visual mess that is the film Ambulance. So because of that reason, I really just can't recommend it um, as an as actual film. And uh, as far as movies on the horizon, uh, tomorrow I will be going to see Father Stew. I'm actually quite excited for it. Independent film, seeming or an independent feeling film at the very least, with Mel Gibson in the film, also starring Mark Wahlberg in the title role of Father Stew, uh, which I think is a perfect film. Uh, to see on Spy Wednesday, which is tomorrow. So in Holy Week, we've got Holy Monday, Holy Tuesday. Of course, Palm Sunday is the previous Sunday to before Monday. And then on Wednesday, it's traditionally called Spy Wednesday, as it is uh, the day in which Judas talks to and makes the deal with the uh, with Caiaphas and with the Pharisees, the high priest, to betray Jesus. And then, of course, we go into the Easter Triduum of Holy Thursday, Good Friday, Holy Saturday, with the Easter Vigil, and I'm very excited because I'll be heading into New Orleans this year. Uh, actually, I did last year as well, so it'll be my second time going to the Easter Vigil Mass in New Orleans at my old home parish down there, um, so I'm very excited, and if the timing is right, I might even be able to head out and and go to the Good Friday Liturgy, because there is no Mass on Good Friday in the Catholic Church. There is only a, a liturgy. It's really a liturgy of the cross where there's veneration of the cross and it's meant to be just a reminder of us kind of being in this space of of being without Christ, you know, rem- remembering and, you know, recognizing the death of Christ. And uh, one of the things I love to do every year uh, during this season, especially, is with my students, I like to show them The Passion of the Christ by Mel Gibson from back 2004 which is just insane to me that that film came out back in 2004 and we're in 2022 and just how old that film is. And also that they are still talking about creating the sequel to that, uh, which is expected to be called the resurrection. And there's a lot of interesting ideas that have been thrown around about what they'll do or what they're planning on doing or directions that they could go. Let's just say I would be down no matter what they would do because uh, if Mel Gibson's able to put the same level of passion and love into the film as he did the first the first passion, then I think it's going to be fantastic. But I like showing it to my students because a lot of the time they just have no idea, no concept about what an actual crucifixion would look like and what an actual scourging would look like. You know, we, we say these things with the Stations of the Cross or if we pray the Rosary or if we half listen to scripture, as I'm sure many of the high school students do. And so for them to get to see with their own eyes. And also, one of my favorite things is actually to 
uh, see reactions. Uh, because for many of them, it's just this sense of horror. Even in this age where we've become so desensitized to violence, there's just something about the way in which the passion of Christ is shown, where it still gets to students who I know have seen so many worse things. And um, I think that it is is truly telling to the power of, of the story. And my hope every single year, and obviously whether or not they, they go away with this or they walk away with this is, is obviously not up to me. But my hope is that they walk away with the very least a better understanding of you know, what we celebrate in the Mass. It's, it's not a communion meal. It's not meant to be a time for us to hold hands and sing Kumbaya. It's, it's the cross. We are literally offering worship to God by commemoration of the holy sacrifice that occurred perpetually for all time. And I feel that it's a good reminder, a lot of the things in the film. Anyway... Please make sure that you smash that like button, light that fire button if you're watching over on Odyssey. We'll go ahead and say hello to some people because we got a lot of people hanging out over here already on the YouTubes. Again, thank you all very much for being here tonight. Uh, let us see. The Master of Gaming, what's going on, bro? He started off with two questions, which I thought was a, uh, I thought was a little selfish, so I'll at least highlight his first one. It says, what's, your, what's the worst superhero film that you've ever seen? I guess it depends on how we quantify superhero film. Because uh, I don't think R.I.P.D. would qualify as a superhero film, though there are definitely <laughs> some superhero tropes, I would say, in it. Uh, that's definitely one of the worst. Uh, as you all know, I'm not a fan of the Snyderverse at all. So I'd probably put... I'd probably put any of Zack Snyder's superhero films <laughs> into the mix there as well. Um, anyway, Brian Barth, what's going on? Good sir. Hail to you and absolutely rest in peace to Gilbert Godfrey. Absolutely. Uh, may perpetual light shine upon him. Obviously praying for the repose of his soul and for his family. Very sad news to hear that today. And also praying for all of the people who were victims of the violence in New York City today uh, with the shooting that happened in the subway. So praying for them as well. Uh, luckily from what I saw, it looks like none of them have any fatal, uh, wounds, which is obviously a, a, a good thing. Um, but still not good nonetheless that anyone was, was injured and that it happened to anybody. So, uh, praying for them as well, but absolutely RIP to, uh, Gilbert Godfrey. Uh, also low watermark. Thank you early on for a $50 donation via Streamlabs. Thank you so much. Low watermark. I really do appreciate that, man. Uh, he says, happy Easter from a former altar boy. Well, thank you very much, man, for that very generous donation. I appreciate it. And yeah, it's interesting because when I was growing up, that was not really something I ever had any interest in. And I think it's just because I've, I don't know, I've, I've always not really liked certain aspects of what we call the Novus Ordo, of what is the new order of the mass, the, the mass that came out of, of Vatican II. I know there's, I've always been close in my faith, um, you know, obviously not perfect in it. You know, it's, it's been like hot and cold, which is basically the the very nature of the spiritual life, right? Sometimes it's hot, sometimes it's cold. And obviously, when I was younger, I was going through that too. Um, and it was often more more cold than than hot. It really wasn't until high school, college age that I finally started to really feel alive in the faith. But I always kind of struggled. I feel 
um, to really connect with uh, the mask because it always drove me crazy whenever I would go and there would be this really campy 1960s guitar music and whenever there would be any of these uh, priests who would get down on the floor in front of the altar walking in front of the tabernacle, you know, and, and making it all about them, it, it just it just seemed off to me. And that's why, you know, for those that maybe have followed me for a while or, or knows anything about me. And, you know, obviously I, I'm very proud of my Catholic faith and, um, and I'm very vocal about my criticisms of the current state of the church and also my love of the traditional mass as well. And really that's something that's developed really only over, only over the last few years. Um, and I wonder what life would have been like had I discovered it earlier on. I don't know. It's an interesting prospect to think about uh, because I actually have served at the altar at the uh, at the it was a sung uh, sung misa cantata. I, I served for several months at my local church, and then uh, you know, obviously, once uh, Baby Thor was born, I was unable to uh, <laughs> commit myself to that anymore. Um, but it was always just very very fruitful, um, and is actually I I served a couple other times in, in adulthood, um, at the, again, the home parish that I'm actually going home to, uh, to celebrate at least part of the Easter Triduum with at the very least, uh, the Easter vigil, which I'm very excited about because this is their second year doing the traditional mass, which I'm so, so, so thankful that, that they are there and that I'll be there for it. Um, but there used to be a very solemn, uh, Novus Ordo, I would call it a Novus Ordo low mass where it was, you know, all in English, typical Novus Ordo, but it was, uh, ad orientum. So the, the priest there, um, who was amazing, uh, he would be facing Christ. He'd be facing East and say all the prayers that way. Everything else would be that way. And he'd always, again, it was really, that to me was the ideal. And once I found that it was, that was like something that I held on to, And I was like, okay, so this, this, this is, this feels authentic. Um, and it's like this, this actually is worship. This actually is worship and not just, you know, seemingly a meal at a table, which is what so many modern churches unfortunately feel like. Um, but it was just amazing to, to have that experience. And now I think looking back at that, cause I don't think I've really ever thought back to that moment until maybe just this very moment. And I realized that that was kind of my first introduction to a, a more traditional mindset. And I think it was, it was for the best. Anyway, uh, Cacao and Cookies Minion, what's going on? Hail to you. Tina B in the chat, what's going on, Empress of the Universe? Thanks for being here. And yes, uh, Steph will be a little late, uh, as she normally is on Tuesdays. Uh, Markless Death, what's going on? Hail to you. Thank you very much for being here. Fear of FEMA, what's going on? How's it going? Low Watermark, who is a member on the channel, says, Slap the whale. I mean, no. Hey, Odin. Yes. Thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, Shorty Story, what's going on, Laura? Thank you very much for listening today. I appreciate it. We got Orange Hat Reviews in the chat. Hail to you. Thank you for being here, good sir, and thank you for being a member on the channel. Forever Sci-Fi, thank you to you as well for being a member on the channel. Uh, the Hunky Chunky Funky Monkey, what is going on? How is it going? Appreciate you being here. Kelly Chow in the chat. What's going on? Nathan Slay in the chat as well. Gary Banjo Sandwich Worthington. Happy Holy Week. Happy Holy Week to you as well. Thank you very much. Appreciate that. Just under the red shirt. Hail to you. Thank you for being in the chat, good sir. Uh, Forever Sci-Fi says the Templar, the Templar Odin meme continues. Yes. Uh, 
even more so i think after after today's uh stream because it is more than just it is more than just a meme you know it is it's 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 my faith it's something i take very seriously and so uh but I, I, and even though some of the Templar means I do think go a little bit off, I think that some of them are, are just a bit uh, off kilter, as as it were. Um, I uh, I do appreciate I do appreciate it for the most part. Um, I think it's been pretty fun to see. All right, Orange Chat says, okay, this is a movie talk. He says, Odin, have you seen the original Dragonheart? I'm interested to know your thoughts if you have. Um, is that the one with Sean Connery? Where he wasn't he the voice of the dragon, I think? Is that the original Dragonheart? I don't know. Um anyway, it looks like uh Keck44 is having some buffering issues. I am also streaming on DLive and on Odyssey as well. So if you have any YouTube issues, apparently there have been some YouTube issues today. I had no idea th- about this. Um, I know that I was hearing about it on uh, in in the Geeks and Gamers chat. On um, you know, apparently like they were having some issues streaming, or there's been some streaming issues that have been going on. So again, this is why it's a great time just to know that I do have alternate channels as well. Uh, again, I am live on Odyssey, I am live on on D Live, and also on Twitter um, as well. So again, there are other places to watch, especially if there are other. Uh, issues going on but yeah it was actually from the geeks and gamers chat that i found out that there were any issues at all they they were thinking about you know trying to basically move the tuesday night main event uh, by the way shout out to geeks and gamers for tuesday night's main event which i'm never able to actually see because it's on so late uh but shout out to them nonetheless because i know it always does incredibly well and obviously it's because there's amazing people on every single week but I know that they were they were talking about moving into a different channel or moving into a different platform because of the issues. Apparently, it's just been it's been bad. So it's interesting um, because I didn't have any issues setting up the stream, but apparently, it looks like some people are are having some issues overall. But anyway, I have not seen the original Dragonheart. I've seen clips of the original Dragonheart. Getting back to the original question, Orange Chat. Um, so again, I've seen clips. I know of it, but I've not actually seen it. Um, Robert Dog says we had a mini revival in America when Gibson came out with the Passion of the Christ. Oh yeah, Marby Dog, I, I think you're absolutely right. I mean, it's amazing because even though he made that film from from a Catholic perspective, Christians from all denominations were able to 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 attach themselves to the power that that was that film. You know, there's a reason why that film. I still think I think it think it still holds records. For as far as independently produced films, because it was produced by pretty much just by Gibson's company, uh, Icon Films, and uh, I think it's still the most successful um, independently funded film ever made. Uh, I think I, again, I'm not you know I'm I'm not 100 certain. I know that was at one point in time, or at the very least, I know that it was like for a long time. Even without that, it was also like one of the highest uh grossing like rated r films with like all that stuff it's it's again it's pretty amazing it really is amazing uh what it was able to do so i can only imagine what another one would be able to to do as well but also it's pretty amazing because you know going back to you know what you mentioned there marby dog is that it wasn't just obviously the references to scripture because there was also a lot of other stuff there too that was not uh purely scriptural either uh and this is something i found out only you know within the last couple of years that he was heavily influenced by a lot of visions, uh, by the visions of Blessed Anne Catherine Emmerich. So she's someone who's on the path to sainthood, and she had private revelations, which, for those that don't know, private revelations is when uh, someone post-apostles, because public revelation ended with the death of the last apostle, 
And so private revelations are any revelations that might happen after the fact. So anytime you hear about like Our Lady of Fatima or Our Lady of Lords or, you know, a lot of it typically is Our Lady. But uh, sometimes there are visions given um, with 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 Christ involved too. And so Blessed Anne Catherine Emmerich had visions of, of Christ. And so some of those visions actually were even put into the film or at least influenced Gibson in his filmmaking and the writing process. And that's why I would be so fascinated to see what he would do with the resurrection because there's so many things that he could do. I mean, the harrowing of hell, for instance, right? We, we have that in our creed that he'd send into hell, but what does that actually look like? What does it mean to free the just souls <laughs> of, of Abraham's bosom as it's traditionally known? Fun, fun name. I know, but, uh, what is that like? Um, and there's also apparently been some talk and rumors that they may even do a flashback to the fall of Lucifer. What does that look like? There are so many things that could be done. Really, it's just, it's it's amazing what, what could happen. And adding to that, could we see even another revival, especially in the midst of a ever-growing secular world? Um, and I think that now is a time more than ever where we could really use a film like that for sure. Uh, Physics Channel, Kenny Lee, what's going on? Good sir, thank you for joining today. I appreciate you being here. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, Fear of FEMA. <laughs> I just saw this comment, I had to highlight it. It said, before, it would be old enough to drive and vote. Oh, yeah, it's insane uh, because they, at school, we're, we're having uh, to do this new testing. So think of it as like ACT, but for religion. And it's more so to find out where our students are as far as like knowledge of the faith where, you know, maybe our weaknesses or blind spots are kind of thing. So it's going to ask like a lot of general questions that they should know and around whatever grade level they're at. So it'll be interesting to see what those results will, uh, will end up being. But on the program that we're using, it has all their birthdays. And I know that they're all, you know, post 9-11. And now I'm getting to the point now where they're post Katrina, which for me, I was a junior in high school when, when Katrina hit. And so um, to, to have kids now teaching them who are, are at, the, at that point of being post-Katrina is just insane to me. And keep in mind that in the next four years, I'll have kids that were born in 2010, which again, also kind of terrifies me. <laughs> it, makes me it makes me feel old in ancient. It makes me start to feel like Gary for some reason, even though Gary is older than the sun. And you can quote me on that. And I know, I know, I know. I'm I'm young uh, by a lot, by a lot of people's other you know a lot of other people's standards, but um, <laughs> I definitely feel older for sure. <laughs> by the way, Matthew Hammond, thank you very much. He donated five dollars via uh, via donation, uh, Streamlabs donation. Thank you very much for circumventing Mama Susan and not giving her any of that money says, uh, you should stream with Seamus Coughlin of the YouTube channel Freedom Zune sometime. He is a practicing Catholic as well. It could be an interesting conversation. I would love to. Um, I just, for some reason, I, I've never reached out to him. Um, I feel like he, he, I don't know, especially with him being on Timcast IRL, I feel like he's just, I feel like he'd be a little too big time for me. But that would be a really fun conversation for sure. Because one of, I actually love listening to Timcast IRL, specifically when he's on. Because he is always able to bring not only his own, you know, his own political philosophy, but he's also able to bring and showcase his faith. And I think it's just amazing uh, how great of a witness he is uh, to to the faith on on the show, and how he's able to you know incorporate it into the show. I would love to have a conversation with him because I, I I would love just to know his process because he is an incredibly talented animator, 
because I think he does the animations, or at the very least, he he writes the the scripts, and they're always hilarious. Um, I know he does some of the voices too, and he does great voice work. Uh, but anyway, Philly the Hobbit, Alan, thank you for the ice cream donation over on D Live. Very much appreciate that. Soul Assassin in the chat, hail to you, George Bonnie. Uh, 90, what's going on? Welcome. Candy T, what is going on? Thanks for being here. Matthew Hammond, there you are in the chat. Hail to you. Thank you again for that donation. I really do appreciate it. Candy T, who is a member, uh, says, to me, Zack Snyder is the worst director. He is definitely one of the worst directors, and I think it's more, for me, I think it's more that he's just a very overrated director. There are a lot of people, especially in the comic book superhero fandom that just love him. Obviously, you know, the Restore the Snyderverse group, who I have nothing against. You know, it's a fandom. I have a fan I'm I'm fans of things that I know people make fun of me for or, you know, mock me for or don't take me as seriously for. You know, for instance, people always uh, especially in this chat community, uh, always uh, mock the fact that I am actually a fan of the first six Fast and Furious films. Um the rest aren't very good, but hey, first six, I I, I have a lot of fun with them. But yeah, I think that when it comes to Snyder, for me, it's not necessarily that he's terrible as a director. I think it's more so that he's just overrated. I think that he, for instance, you know, everyone always goes back to saying, well, you at the least have to like his Dawn of the Dead remake. And even that one I have I have some issues with, but I feel like he kind of got started hot with that film. And then he, of course, had 300, which was massively successful. And then I think that just from there, he just kept on... I guess basking in the glow of his own glory, I guess is the best way I can explain it. At least that's, that's how it seems. <laughs> that's, that's, that's the way it comes across. And so I think that he honestly just got so full of himself that that kind of bled into his filmmaking style as well. And ended up leading to a lot of the, the issues that we see one thing, random segue, but speaking of that, there's a connection to be made with him and actually Mel Gibson's the passion of the Christ, because, because of, Passion of the Christ coming back, coming out in 2004, there are certain things that were in very common in films back in that time. And I always noticed in Passion of the Christ because there's so many slow-mo sequences in the Passion of the Christ. Now, I think that they're very effective in the Passion, but it is interesting because I look at that, I'm like, oh, that is very 2004. I'm like, oh, that is very early 2000. (laughs) So it's interesting um, how there actually is a connection to be made between those two things. No one, no one had thought I would have made a Mel Gibson, Passion of the Christ, and Zack Snyder connection. But I just did. You're welcome. Uh, awesome one. What's going on? Thank you very much for being here. Um, <laughs> Pale Rider says, hail from Louisiana. What's going on, Pale Rider? Again, I'll be down in New Orleans this weekend. Very excited. Can be visiting some family. And uh, also very excited just to be able to go to Mass at, at the old... Uh, the old stomping grounds, the old parish. If you've never been to St. Patrick's in New Orleans, it's beautiful. And since I've left, it's actually gotten better. <laughs> like, it was already so amazing when I was there. And then I looked at their Holy Week schedule, and I was like, man, I still I remember feeling the same way last year. But even more so now, it's like, I wish I could transfer you right where I am. Because, oh, it's just, they're, what they're doing there is amazing. If you've never been, uh, I highly recommend it. Uh, amazing baking soda. Great, great name there. It says Odinophilia Christus Vincit. Amen, brother. Uh, Rosie G12. Hail to you, Rosie. Thanks for being here. Uh, Sammy DeBull. Thank you for being in the chats. 
Um, what let's see. Brian Barth says here, I am watching The Last Temptation of Christ. Uh, I believe that film actually was condemned uh, by at least a body of the church. I don't think it was condemned by the church, like, overall, but by at least, like, a bishop's conference or something. I look at that film in a much different light because if you understand that it's not trying to tell you a biblical story and that it's not trying to tell you a historically accurate story, but instead it's more of... This is, again, just the way I perceive the film more of a a view of the passion strictly from the humanity of Christ cuz really what it does and this is the reason why it was deemed to be you know heretical by some and and problematic by others was because it basically strips away the divinity of Christ in a lot of ways and it it makes Christ act in certain ways that are very you know at you know the antithesis of his character and then of course they you know kind of make uh they they kind of make uh Judas a much more uh, one they make him almost like a good guy in a certain respect but they definitely try to kind of save him a bit in in the film so I can see why there would be some problems but I look at it as like Christian fiction I look at it as biblical fiction and to me it's much more of an interesting meditation for me I take it as a meditation on the humanity of Christ which is why I actually appreciate a lot so that final sequence um, where everything's going on. And I, you know, it came out in like what late seventies, that film came out There it was like 79 that that film came out, which is insane to me as well. Um, and I, I think back to that and I, you know, the first time that I saw it and I just remember just being so moved. I just remember being so moved by that sequence where all of a sudden you're, you're, you're on the cross and you know, it is accomplished. And then the song starts playing and the song's really good and powerful. I don't know. I've mentioned this before, but Scorsese does really great endings, does like really good endings because that and then his ending to Gangs of New York, like the soundtrack choice for it, ah, gets me every time. Gangs of New York's ending makes me cry. That's how powerful it is. Just because like when it ends on the Twin Towers and you're just like, I remember, you know, reading about the issues that came out about, you know, how they were going to shoot this film and some saying that he shouldn't have had those in there because that's around the time the the film came out, you know, this was still in the discussion, and it was just, oh, it was so amazing. It was so amazing. Uh, but again, Matthew Hammond, thank you for that $5 donation. I really do appreciate it. All right, let us see. Again, Keck44, sorry you were having some buffering issues earlier. Uh, hopefully, no one else is having any major issues. Uh, let's see, Tina B, Empress of the Universe, says my YouTube kept shutting down all day on Roku. Interesting. Yeah, I don't know. I wonder if that's them playing around in the background, trying to you know update features or change things, or if they were maybe trying to shut down some streams, because I know Rakeda was on earlier covering the Johnny Depp trial, and he had, what, 10,000-plus people watching? Uh, kudos to him for that. Uh, Physics Channel with Kenny Lee says, Templar Odin, beware the French! <laughs> what, are they going to fart in my general direction? Uh, Orange Hat Reviews <laughs> says, yes, that is the original Dragonheart. Sean Connery was the voice of Draco and Dennis Quaid was the main character. Yeah, that's what I thought. So again, I've seen clips of it. I've never seen the in actual, the entire thing. And I didn't even know that there was a remake. So that's, that's actually news to me. Uh, one commandment tag to say, one of the reasons I come here is your faith and I support. Well, one commandment. Thank you. I really do appreciate that. I know not everyone is here, uh, you know, one either for my faith or doesn't really care for the faith talk that much. Um, but I do appreciate for those that either either support it 
like it, appreciate it, or at the very least, put up with it. <laughs> Again, if you're in any of those camps, uh, I really do, I really do appreciate it, because uh, I know it's not for everybody. Um, and all I, all I'm doing is being me, being myself, because um, that's that's all I can do. Uh, let's see, Nearside Cyclops, what's going on, man? I always see you in the comment section. So, Nearside Cyclops, if you've not ever been in the comment section of my videos before, he's notorious. Because he usually comments within the first, like, maybe 10 to 20 comments or so, normally. Sometimes sometimes he's off. And all it is is, like, hey, or hey, Odin. That's it. Nothing else. No, uh, no, no other context, just hi. And so, like, for a while I was, you know, harding it and everything. And then after a while, I'm like, I don't know if I should heart this anymore. I really feel that, I feel like, Nearside Cyclops, I feel like you need to put, start putting some more effort. I feel like those, those are low effort comments, bro. If you want to earn that heart, you got to put some more effort. I'm kidding, by the way. I do appreciate the comments, because <laughs> it, it always puts a smile on my face, because I'm like, ah, oh, and there's Nearside Cyclops. I appreciate that. Uh, the R, what's going on? It says, uh, Odin in chat, hail, cheating on my dearest Odyssey today. The R, how dare you? How dare you? Very interesting. I, I feel that the Odyssey crowd typically are very, I don't know, very passionate about it. Very, very passionate about it. General Wingster, troll of the channel. How dare you use my old name? You're dead naming me. I don't appreciate it. Yes, I know. I know. I know. Physics Channel, Kenny Lee. Uh, awesome one says, I, I'm a boomer now. Well, you know, I may be old, but I'm not as old as Gary. And that will always be a good thing. <laughs> Uh, let's see. For the channel, Kenny Lee says, "You are old for your students, but young to us. What? Do, uh, what do you get students who uh, wait till you? I think I was supposed to say wait till you get students who who you taught their parents. Oh yes, um, that that is going to really like hit me in the gut. Even just my dad uh, was messaging me the other day. He texted me the other day, uh, mentioning a former student of mine." And he was like, yeah, he's 21 now. He's just graduating uh, like medical school or, or something like that or like maybe pre-med or about to enter medical medical school. And he was like, oh, yeah, and he wanted me to tell you uh, – he wanted me to send you a message that he was one of the, that you were one of the favorite teachers that he ever had. And I was just like, oh, like that's just – again, gets me um, because – you know, to go into teaching, you don't go into it for that. It really is a vocation. And I know that's like very standard and very like boring, but it really is because you don't go into teaching for the money because there is none or very little. You, you don't go into it to for the rewards either because they are very few. <laughs> I mean, you, it's, it's very uncommon that you get that kind of a, a comment or that kind of a response. And so when you get them, you're just like, I'm going to, you know... I'm going to hold on to that one, you know? Uh, one of the most powerful moments of my life was was at my old school in New Orleans where uh, I had a student, you know, come up to me and, and say that I was the reason that he wanted to receive, uh, to be received into the church. And I was just like, <laughs> you know, because my mindset is I'm, you know, I'm up here trying to do everything that I possibly can. You know, my first year teaching especially was so rough because I was just getting, you know, figuring things out. Um, So, like, when you hear something like that, especially within one of the early years, because I'm still very young, even as a teacher, I haven't even, I have not even been teaching for a decade. You know, um, it's just uh, I don't know. It's just one of those things, you know. 
All right. Forever Sci-Fi, who's a member, says, saying it's a secular world is kind of is being kind when you see things that like that bill in Maryland where about teaching small children those things. Florida banned or Cali bill that promotes infanticide. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. That It is putting it gentle, I would say. Yeah. Gentle and kind to say to only say it's a secular world, you know, probably be more accurate to say it's a downright di- demonic world that we live in today diabolically influenced world that we live in today. Um, especially those two things um, more so than anything else, because, and I would, I would put the Cali thing at the top of that list, you know, because I have plenty, believe me, I could, you know, plenty of issues with the other one, but when it comes to human life, you know, that that's, there's no compromise at all there. Not to say that there's compromise on anything else, but like to that, to that, it's like, if you can't even respect life, we can't even talk about anything else. You know, it's just, it's just one of those key things. I don't know, but yeah, totally agree. Totally agree. Saying it's secular is very, uh, (laughs) very kind. Yes. Candy T. Absolutely. Saying that, uh, he is overrated. And then yes, so much slow-mo. Yeah. And it's, it's amazing. It's amazing how, uh, <laughs> it's amazing how it, it, you know, cause I have gone back and I know this is not a popular opinion, but I've gone back and watched films like 300. And I remember I used to really enjoy that film. I used to really like it. And then I go back and I look at it and I say, Oh, this is not aged well at all. <laughs> it's just like, it just hasn't, you know? And so since you look at a movie like 300 and you look at a movie like the passion and it's like, you know, one has, you know, they both have these slow-mo sequences, but one is aged well where the other hasn't. And I think it speaks more so to, you know, one having that something extra that the other one didn't, at least from my own, my own perspective. First of all, says Zack Snyder can direct a good action scene, but he can't direct a good story most, most of the time. Yeah, he can't write. That's why I think I've said this for a long time. Um, and I know it just triggered uh, Tina. Um, <laughs> whenever, whenever I say anything bad about 300, uh, Tina and Steph, they, they roast me for it, but no. And, and I think it's, if, if Snyder was actually <laughs> wanting to, I think, create really awesome worlds, he would just be a producer. I think Zack Snyder would be a great producer. Um, if, if the Snyderverse had him as the key executive producer, but other people wrote and directed it, but it was maybe like his overall vision. I think we would probably get some pretty cool stuff. I think that we probably could get really good films and interesting takes, you know, even if it is much more of a darker tone or darker take on it. Right. Which is, which is something that he's known for. I just think having that different directorial voice and the different writers would solve a lot of the issues. I think it really would solve a lot of the issues. So that's always been my position about Snyder. I don't think he can direct at all. Uh, I don't think he can write at all, but I think as a producer, he'd probably be, uh, I think he'd be, I think he'd be solid. Uh, Serenity to witches. What's going on? Um, let's see. The R says I'm old enough to be Odin's dad. (laughs) Yeah. That's the other thing too is, is uh, I think, you know, that'll be the first step. So before I get to the, you know, because it'll be a good 20 plus years before I get to the point of having, uh, you know, having students who are the children of former students. But it won't be very far for me. It won't be as long for me to be the age where I, I could literally be one. I could be like, I'm very close, getting very, very close to being the, the age 
uh, where I I would be old enough to be one of the parents of the kids. Yeah. <laughs> and that's going to be like the first thing. That's going to be like the first thing to, to hit me. I'll be like, oh boy. You know, I mean, it's already hitting me uh, just talking about, you know, 2004 and having post Katrina kids, you know, it's just like, what? <laughs> this is crazy. Uh, Nathan Slay says, really, Scott is an overrated director to me. Also, is George Lucas really the master that everyone claims he is just for making Star Wars? Ooh, bringing up some good... I think the point about Lucas, I think, is actually a pretty good one. Uh, Because here's the thing. I feel ever indebted for him, to him, for creating the Star Wars universe. At the same time, we have to recognize that he was heavily influenced by other great directors. In fact, much, much greater directors. Uh, Kurosawa being a, a prime example of that. I mean, Kurosawa, to me, is is an ideal director. Like, he is, he was a visionary. His films stand the test of time. Uh, his films are, are phenomenal and, and iconic. Star Wars is also iconic. Star Wars would not exist without Kurosawa. And we can look at, say, that a lot of other things wouldn't exist without Star Wars, but it kind of goes back to that, that beginning line, though, of, yes, but could those films still have existed? Maybe if they did not... You know, even if Star Wars didn't exist, but Kurosawa still existed. Like, could could have Kurosawa had inspired similar ideas in other people? Who knows? Obviously, you know, it's a bit facetious there because Star Wars is very different than anything Kurosawa ever did, just based on the just the sci-fi element, the fantasy element. You know, or not so the fantasy, but really the sci-fi element uh, with you know space and everything. But I do think it's an interesting point, nonetheless, right? I do think it's an interesting point to to bring up. Um, and uh, really, Scott, though. For me, Ridley Scott is hit and miss. I don't think he's overrated. I just think he's a 50-50 director. Because there's solid directors, and then there's 50-50 directors, and then there's terrible directors. Uh, I know that everyone's sick of me talking about it, but I think Denis Villeneuve is a solid director. Um, I think that um, you look to, for the instance of someone like Ridley Scott, and I think you have a 50-50 director. Because I think back, just back to 2016... He did The Martian, and The Martian was great. The Martian was a great, solid film. Very well made, very well done. He's also done Alien Covenant <laughs> since that time. He's also done some other films that weren't very good. Uh, so, yeah, there's there's definitely some issues. There's definitely some issues. But, uh, but yeah, the point about Lucas, I think, is well, well taken because, you know, other than Star Wars, obviously he was a producer, on other projects, uh, part of the creative brain trust for, you know, Indiana Jones and even others. I'm sure that I'm not even thinking of off the top of my head, but yeah. Uh, Dan Blackroy, what's going on? Awesome one. Tag to say quarterings friend Bree is coming to fast. and play. Yes, I know. I'm glad that I gave up on that franchise or having hope for that franchise back you know, back at Fast Six, that was that. That's my cutoff, and that, you know, my set is the awesome. Uh, it's the collector's edition tire, so it's all the discs in a little tire uh, as the case, and it's great. And that's why for me, it ends at six. Now I have Fast Seven because I was still a completionist at that time in my movie collection, uh, and so I had it. <laughs> but I am, and there's a space in there for seven, but I'm not putting seven into the tire. It does not get into the tire. By the way, we got the R over on Odyssey and also uh, SQL Injection. Thank you for being here. It just says I and then put alien symbols. Appreciate you being here, man. 
Again, if you have a comment or question on any of the platforms, please put at Odin at the very beginning of your comment. At Odin. It lets me know you're trying to get my attention. Let's see. Laura says, take away slow-mo from Snyder, and maybe that would help. I think that would be a huge first step, but I think that writing is is definitely a, a bigger issue there. Uh, Passion of the Matrix. Fun, fun story. I do use the Matrix to make connections with baptism. Him waking up. Red pill versus blue pill. Do you accept the reality or do you not? And obviously, it's not because the story itself. I mean, I think that the there's a better argument that for anyone that knows anything with like philosophy, I think that uh, there's a lot more Gnosticism in you know the the uh, the, the the concept of of the Gnostics and Gnosticism in the Matrix versus anything else. Um, but the reason why I think you can make actually a lot of Christian allegories is because that movie is just a ripoff of the allegory of the cave from Plato and. Even though Plato is an ancient Greek philosopher and long before Christianity um, ever existed, it is still something where we only really know as much as we do about Plato and about Aristotle because of the scholasticism era of the church where these works were rediscovered and understood from a Christian, from a Catholic Christian lens. So I think that the allegory of the cave and therefore the matrix being heavily influenced by the allegory of the cave in that way works in that concept, even though I would say that as far as an official philosophy, it's definitely much more Gnosticism. Uh, let's see. Minnesota, 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 Minnesota hockey fan. What's going on? How about a hockey player? Uh, the R tag to say all of Snyder's failings are forgiven. Thanks to his justice league. Greatest movie ever. No R you're still wrong. It's, it's four hours that I will never get back. That's what that film is. Four hours. I will never get back. Four hours that I could have uh, done so much more with. Uh, by the way, Buford T. Justice, I saw that $20 super chat, and once I get to it in the chat that I can highlight it, I will. But thank you early on. Uh, Eric Wynn, what's going on, Eric? Yes, yes, indeed. I am a traditional Catholic. Again, I think that's, I guess that's like the name you would say. Um, I'm a Catholic. That's I'm I, I'm a Roman Rite Catholic. That's if I'm if I'm going to go by identifiers like that's the the way I identify. But obviously, I have a huge love for the traditional Mass. The Usus Antiquior is probably the best understanding of it, especially since Pope Francis basically nuked the understanding of ordinary versus extraordinary form. Awesome one says loves bad theology movies. <laughs> what makes you say that? Is that about, is, was that reference to the passion? Uh, rather, sorry, the last temptation of Christ. Again, it's the, if you actually listen to the film, if you actually watch the film, I don't think it's, and, and even the film itself and the promotion of it, it's not trying to give any type of like alternate history or change the story. It's, again, it's a work of Christian fantasy fiction. And I think it is an interesting exercise. I don't know. It's, it's, it's an interesting exercise. So I'm not as uh, hateful as that. Uh, I'm not as like as as down as down on it as some other uh, Catholics, especially you know traditional Catholics might be on on that film. Uh, awesome. What's his last temptation of Ode with the ice cream? Oh man, ice cream sounds so good. <laughs> it sounds so good right now. Oh man. Yes, but we're in Holy Week. We're in Holy Week. We will finish the race and uh, hopefully be able to perpetuate this long past the season because this is nothing more than a microcosm of the greater race that is our entire life. It's a great time to remind ourselves of mortality. Forever Sci-Fi says, probably YouTube trying to hide the Rings of Power dislikes again. Ah, yes, Forever Sci-Fi. I think that makes sense. 
Orange Reviews says, oh, no remakes, just terrible straight-to-TV uh, straight sequels for Dragonheart. Ah, gotcha. Those are the worst, aren't they? Victor Creed, what's going on? Thank you for being here. Uh, Waste Gash Gamer, thanks for being here, and uh, thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, G-Man, what's going on? Welcome. Waiting for the Orville. Hail to you. Thank you for being here. I uh, appreciate it very, very much so. Thank you. Uh, let's see. Minnesota, Minnesota hockey fan says, got pizza for dinner. Nice pizza time. It's pizza time. Absolutely. Well, enjoy that pizza. I hope you enjoy that pizza. I had a, uh, I had a pork chop with some mac and cheese. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. <laughs> see, G Monkey agrees. Tina. <laughs> Tina says the passionate 300 aren't even in the same boat. There's comparisons that can be made as far as the style because it, it came out around the same time. As far as movies, absolutely yes. They 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 are very much not <laughs> not together. <laughs> that that is that is a fact. Uh, yes, as as that she got triggered again. I do fall 20 to 30 minutes behind in the chat. So uh, again. If you wait patiently, I'll get to your comment. If you put at Odin and uh, you wait patiently, I'll get to your comment. William Scholl, or if you're new in the chat. Uh, William Scholl, what's going on? Thanks for being here. Um, yeah, interesting about the sequel. I prefer the 300 sequel. I want to be honest. I don't think it's a great film by any means, but I'd rather watch the sequel. <laughs> That's just my thought. All right, here it is from Buford T. Justice. I got to say it that way every time. Buford T. Justice. Thank you for the $20 super chat. Appreciate it, man. He says, don't really like Zack Snyder. I love Man of Steel and Watchmen. Don't like anything else he has done. Batman v Superman was not good, but that Batman warehouse fight scene is the best live action bat fight scene. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, I'm trying to think about a counter for a different bat fight scene that would be better, in my own opinion. Ah, man. Because the Nolan fights are pretty good. I like, I do like the Nolan fights. But I do think Snyder's fight sequences are much more iconic, just in the fact that there's so much effort and time put onto them. So I think that there's definitely a, a, a good point to be made as far as that's concerned. However, I have an issue calling it a live-action Batman fight sequence, seeing that a lot of it's CGI <laughs> and CGI influence. That's one of the big, that's one of the big issues I got. That's one of the big issues I got with him is that he just he just overuses CGI and everything looks so fake and so artificial and it drives me nuts. It drives me insane. Uh, Buford T. Justice really enjoyed American Graffiti. Nice. All right, nearside Cyclops tag to say I am older than Gary. Fair warning, the older you get, the faster time goes. Yeah, uh, and that's why that old adage, you know, memento mori. Uh, obviously, there's different ways of saying it too, but, you know, to remember death, remember one's end. And you're never too young to think that, you know, because things could happen. And, and not to, again, I'm not trying to be, <laughs> not trying to bring anything down. I'm not trying to be dour. Um, but it is something, I think we should always just keep in mind and to try and live the best life that we possibly can. Not YOLO. YOLO is, YOLO leads to problems. I, I, I mentioned this with my students too. Don't ever YOLO. 
Y- YOLO is a, is a whole heap of problems. Because even though it is true, um, it, it brings about the wrong type of philosophy. It brings about the wrong wrong kind of thinking. You know, because it's like, oh, well, I only live once, so I might as well do it. No, no, no. It's more of a, hey, we need to remember these things and live the best life we can. Not YOLO, live the best life we can is a better way of understanding it, you know? And and ultimately, that's what we should focus on, you know, doing the best that we possibly can. General Wingster says, Odin, I'm old enough to be your younger brother. <laughs> there... <laughs> There it is. Jetter Wingster. Always coming in with the troll. I appreciate it, man. Uh, g Monkey 76 Empire is the best Star Wars movie, and Lucas had the least to do with it. Hey, g Monkey 76 that's, that's a fair point. <laughs> it is a fair point. And it is a really good film. It is a really good one. And it's by far the best Star Wars film, no doubt about it. Man, because there are, there are people who grew up with the prequels, and so there are people that will try and argue. There might be even some in the chat that somehow revenge of the sith is better i just don't see it again there are so many campy quirky events lines line deliveries in that movie where the memes the memes are what saved the prequels like let's be honest the prequels were were not great films they really weren't they were saved because of meme culture because you look back at those films you're like oh this is so much more fun and entertaining because of the memes like, I love quoting the prequels more than any other film. Not because the lines are good, but because of meme culture. Now, now, now you will die. Unlimited power. I, again, there's just so many great things. I don't like sand. It's coarse, rough, irritating. And it gets everywhere. <laughs> That's why I still, I, I talk about it every time I bring up Star Wars, but Annie the Musical a-N-I, the musical. It's by a group called Team Star Kid. And it's a Star Wars musical. And I know what you're thinking. Okay, I like musicals. Yes, but it's a Star Wars musical. But Odin, I don't like music. I would say give it a shot. Or at the very least, listen to... I forget the name of the song. Uh, but essentially, it is a love song written in the show using... Only Anakin Skywalker lines from the prequels. They're they're all deemed to be like pickup lines. <laughs> and the song is nothing but that. From the moment I met you. Like it's just oh, it's so great. It's like I'm in agony. Oh. But the thought of not being with you. I cannot breathe. It's so fantastic. I wish I knew the song so I could actually hit the notes. Um, but it's just, uh, it's it's great. And also, the show is like interpretive dance. So there's a band playing and singing the music. And then the actors are doing regular scenes. And then every time there's a song, they do like different dancing. It's great. Uh, Geek Truth, what's going on, brother? I love The Martian. Yeah, it's a solid film. It really is. Uh, Geek Truth says, slow and actually not the angry. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, hi, Peter Parker. That's what you have to look forward to. If you're still in, so I don't know if he's in the chat yet. I don't, I don't think I saw him pop up in the live chat yet, but oh my goodness. I don't know how Alex McCarthy is still a fan of those films, but Alex McCarthy, even you have to admit that we, we have to be, uh, wary (laughs) of the fact that if Brie Larson 
officially actually is entering in this universe, which based on all accounts is going to happen. Um, again, to me, it's not done until the actual film is, is finished editing. Um, but man, creates, creates some problems, creates some problems for the people. I think <laughs> that are still holding on to that film and that franchise. Cause do you really want, Hey, Peter Parker, that that's all I can remember her for is that one cringy line in that one cringy film known as Endgame, which I'm still proud to say I'm not a fan of. Uh, Christopher Ayer, what's going on? Christopher says, please make Crusader Odin merch. I'd buy the heck out of that. Hey, I'll I'll have to think about it. Okay. <laughs> My wife does some graphic design. She's she's designed a lot of the shirts for the channel. So there's like a lot of there's a Pizza Odin shirt. Uh, there's a pineapple on pizza equals anathema. Uh, I did that one because uh, that one was pretty simple. But all of the other graphic design stuff she did, she did Bob the Midichlorian because early on in the channel's life, I had this whole thing uh, where there was the news story that came out about what, speaking of George Lucas, what George Lucas would have done with Star Wars had he kept on to it. And he would have gone all of, he would have gone all into midichlorians and would have d- dived into the world of midichlorians. And so I made a joke saying, what, what are we going to get? Like Bob the midichlorian and his wife, Nancy, like, are we going to get an actual story about them? And therefore Bob the midichlorian was born and Bob the midichlorian was, you know, like Bob the builder, but was a midichlorian. So there's a great shirt, uh, that's available on, on the Teespring. And I don't know if that one's on the Tee public or not. But it's on the Teespring, and it is, uh, it's Bob the Midichlorian with a little hard hat on. She designed the Midichlorian. It's great. I love it. But yeah, might have to look into doing some doing some Odin Crusader merch or some some Odin Knights Templar sh- shirts. That uh, could be fun. Uh, awesome one. Odin has a purple cave. Yes. Yeah, I still am trying to figure out what color um, I'm going to go with. Evan S., I know that you uh, had reached out about a recommendation of using gold for the season of Easter. The issue is that I think on YouTube, it would not come across as gold. It would just come across as yellow. And I don't think it would be the right shade of yellow. (laughs) And then I think at the end of the day, my walls were already that color anyway. And so we would just be right back at square one. So yeah, I'm going to have to figure out what I'll do for, for Easter. Let's see. uh, Candy T says greatest movie. There is a slow-mo hot dog scene. Oh, my goodness. Yes. Oh, I forgot about that part of the film. Oh, my goodness. Because now that's reminding me of that Ezra Miller is in that. Oh, as oh, oh, Ezra Miller. Oh, you. <laughs> oh, Nathan Slay, throw in some shade. Say Edgar Wright greater than Denis Villeneuve. I think Edgar, I never said anything bad about Edgar Wright. I think Edgar Wright would be in the solid director category. I think both of them would be in the solid director category. Because Edgar Wright, you have Last Night in Soho, which was solid. Uh, the film before that was was the film before that uh, Baby Driver, because Baby Driver was also fantastic. So no, I'd put I'd put him in the solid category. Um. Anyway, let's see. Geek True sixty four. Let's see. Tag to say, have you seen the TV series Rome? It's a shame it was canceled early because it was it was lead into King Herod and the massacre of the innocents by season five. Oh, interesting. No, I never watched Rome. I have seen a couple of shows though. So I, I watched the Young Pope, which then season two was the New Pope, and I also watched uh, some of the Borgias. And even though the, <laughs> they they are the furthest thing from orthodox, 
there's something about especially like the young pope new pope that i i just couldn't stop watching i don't know there was just something about it that i couldn't stop watching and it was specifically if anyone who's ever seen those series before it was the secretary of state uh was it wally uh wally i forget i forget the name of the guy but the actor was just so great like i was just so obsessed with with his italian accent and like his characterizations because he came across as actually an authentic political figure. Um, really a, a representation of, of the corruption that exists. Um, and I, I thought that it was a, it was actually a really great character, but yeah, random segue, uh, you know, with, with those series, but yeah, there's something about, and, and then for the Borgias, I, again, going into one of the, you know, dark times in papal history is always going to be a, you know, it's always going to be, especially when it's Hollywood doing it, they're going to obviously take it from a certain lens. They're always going to, you know, focus on certain things. Um, but yeah, there was parts of that too, where I was like, okay, but at the end of the day, the issue that I had with all those shows is that I think all of them were like either HBO or stars or, or one of those like, you know, premium service providers. And they always just feel that need to put in unnecessary nudity and sexuality. And it drives me, cry. It, it, it drives me nuts. It really does, you know? Um, and I hate it. So th- that's the reason why I, I think that I had such a mixed feeling, especially because we would get to certain points. And I'd be like, okay, really, Is there, you know, really have that up there. Um, and I think that that was one of the reasons why I kind of stayed away from Rome was because it felt like it was, cause I'm pretty sure Rome was HBO as well. And so, I have a feeling that it probably has a lot of the same thing, too, you know? Uh, Captain Trek, who's a member, hail to you, Captain Trek. Thanks for being here. Uh, Minnesota Hockey Fan says, it's based on a book uh, by Walter Lord. He interviewed a lot of Titanic survivors and wrote a book about the sinking. I must have missed part of that, because I'm very, very confused. Very confused. Sergeant Neon is to say, would you rather watch 300 or Meet the Spartans, though? So, I watched Meet the Spartans. I don't know if I mentioned this because I think someone's, I forgot who sent me meet the Spartans, but, or maybe no one sent it to me and it was just on and I watched it. So yeah, I watched that. Oh, that's also time that I won't get back, but you know what? Meet the Spartans is shorter. So I'd rather watch meet the Spartans. Yep. Uh, let's see. Awesome. One that says, I prefer the sequel to Odin. <laughs> yes. Baby Thor is, let's just be honest. Baby Thor is so much better than I'll ever be. And he's not even two yet. Crazy that he's over a year and a half, though. Insane. Completely insane. Um, Let us see. The R tagged and said, 300 sequel is awesome because Eva Green is awesome. Yeah, there's that one sequence, though, between her. It's, it's a very sexual scene between her and the other guy. Like, that part, I was like, mm, get out of here. You don't need that. That's stupid. And I think if that part wasn't in there, it would be an even better uh, sequel. Uh, Victor Fontaine says, I'm up to season four, Better Call Saul rewatch, getting ready for season six finale. That's right. Oh, my goodness. Yes. Uh, if you've never seen Better Call Saul, oh, talk about a great show. Great, great show. And uh, yeah, every time I, I keep checking because um, Netflix got me, other day, got me the other day because they had new episodes. And it was Better Call Saul. I'm like, wait, what? The season's out. What's going on? And I was like, nope, it's still just season five. So I don't know if it's just because they hadn't had season five from before or earlier. Um, but yeah, that's a great show. Very, very solid show. Big fan. 
Um, so I'm very, very looking forward to that. Paul, what's going on? Uh, G-Man to had to say the 300 sequel was my favorite too, but only because Ava Green. Oh, come on, guys. You're better than this. You're better than this, guys. Come on. I actually do like her as an actress, though. Uh, Near Side Cyclops says, YOLO only works when you're young enough to heal fast. No, I, I don't think as a philosophy it ever really works because I think it is much... I think YOLO is a self-centered philosophy where live the best life you can is a more... I don't, I don't want to sound fancy, but more nuanced position... I don't know. I feel like it's more even middle of the road position, if that makes sense. Like you're, you're, you could obviously go in either direction. Like you can be very self-centered with that philosophy and that mindset, but you could also be other centered as well, or at least have, have a, you know, a, uh, a healthy mix as it were. Um, let us see. So DMAG, so by meme culture, I meant like when meme culture really took off, it was it was memes and clips from those films that saved it. Uh, and that does not mean that it happened right away. Uh, 70B, what's going on? Welcome. 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 Welcome, Stephanie B. Welcome back. I appreciate you. Uh, yes. Misa no like the sequels. Misa no like the prequels. I like the prequels more than I like the sequels. Misa Jaja Binks. Misa your loyal servant. But again, it's got so many hilarious moments. Aw, oh, thank you. I appreciate it. The second part sounded a lot worse, I know. And I apologize. I apologize to the ears of those for my unwarmed up voice and lack of knowledge of the lyrics to be able to sing with any sense of passion that befits the song. <laughs> Uh, oh, someone mentioning Bully Maguire. Oh, my goodness. Now, if Bully Maguire was brought into the Fast and Furious universe, that's the only way you could possibly make Brie Larson work, but it's only if Bully Maguire is just beaten up. <laughs> All right, there he is. You say his name, and he appears. Alex McCarthy, J. Alex McCarthy Jr. Say, how do you... Ooh, and how's it going? How's Thor? Arthritis is a pain. Just listening today and thinking about making a brief Fast 10 vid. Oh, yeah, brother. <laughs> I was wondering why you were you were quiet. So, yeah, me mentioning that going into uh, Fast and Furious, that, that got you perked up, I see. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, it's, it's a travesty, though. And again, that's why, I mean, it was a travesty back during Fast 7. Because that, that was a film that could have been so good. You know? It, it could have been or just a a tribute. And instead, it was a half-baked film. And we can talk about, you know, part of the reasoning being that, you know, Paul Walker dying before the end of the filming process, you know, obviously hindered that. And I understand that. I really do. But I don't know. Like to me, the ending, as touching as it as it can be from a certain look, it just didn't come across as strong, you know. Because instead of saying goodbye to him in real life, which is what I think they should have done, they were saying goodbye to the character, and it didn't make any sense. And then they've continued on as if things are. It's weird. It really is weird how they did it. I would have actually much rather them broken the fourth wall in a much more direct way and and done a much more clear goodbye to the the actor and not to the character. You know? Cuz 
that to me i think would have been more respectful than just saying goodbye to the character uh g monkey 76 says we need a crusader odin plushie <laughs> i don't even know where to begin with plushies maybe uh maybe for friday night tights uh whenever we do our, like our second or third rounds of, of plushies. Cause I think we're, we're think we're still trying to do plushies at some point. Maybe then we can get that going. But, uh, Victor Fontaine. Yeah. He remembers Bob, the midichlorian. He remembers you. He remembers all things. Geek 64 says, I'm not a big fan of Endgame either. It's a three act structure. Uh, it's three act structure is three different movies, each weaker than the last. Not bad, but where, uh, but nowhere near as good as Infinity War. Absolutely, Infinity War is a very tight knit story and very well told. And I'm glad that you mentioned the whole three different movies, like three uh, a three tiered, three act film with three different films within it, because within those films you have different philosophies. And this is again, I'm going on this rant. And I know that people are gonna be like, oh no, don't get Odin started on on Endgame, but time travel, they break their own rules of time travel and then reestablish other rules, which they then also break. I just, I just don't get it. I just don't get it. Um, and I don't get how people just can gloss over it. I really don't. And then when you had the directors and the writers, uh, coming out saying different things about how time travel in their universe worked and they disagreed, it's like, that's the sign that you're, writing team is a mess when, when you're when your writers and your directors are not on the same page it's a bad thing you know you're about to have a bad time <laughs> oh man all right slice of neons tag to say young pope new pope red pope blue pope certainly feels that way i don't know if they're making a season three or what the name would be um but yeah it was definitely an interesting show uh, Southeastern Kaiju, welcome. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Uh, awesome one, Tad, to say, for Roman Pizza Council. <laughs> the Roman Pizza Council. Now that would be a show. Now that would be a show. Agreed. Absolutely. I think that's a reference to, yeah, like the, the adding of the sexuality stuff. Yeah, it doesn't add anything to quality. It really is just an excuse for them to, to get eyes on their, uh, on their product, which is sad because it means that you're basically relying on a lot of mostly younger men who probably have addictions to various formats. And you're using that to your advantage to monetize it. Now, Hollywood is no stranger to using the vices of others to their own benefit, but yeah, like that, I think when you really break down, when you actually go deep into it, you recognize, yeah, you do realize that they had that in there because they wanted to get people into the show and they were clearly having this, you know, Game of Thrones especially, that show was geared towards younger men. And one of the ways that they tried to do that was by having those sequences in there. Notice how as the seasons went on, those things became a lot less prominent because that's how they wanted to get you in. But that bothers me because it's like if you're using that and you are literally preying upon the vices of others in, in order to get them into the product. It, it bothers me. It really does. It really, really, really does. Because it's, it's really not necessary. Uh, let's see. Geek Truth 64. Rome with stars. Okay, yeah. I, again, I figured it was one of the two. Uh, and yes, as nudity, it goes to the atmosphere and attitude of the Romans, so it doesn't feel as blatant, but I get why some people... Uh, would be bothered by it. Yeah, and again, 
one could argue saying, well, this film or this series is inspired by this specific time in history and this would have been a common practice or this or that. And I understand that, especially like, again, you have going to the Roman culture, Roman society, and, and this being very prominent. The issue for me is that the show, you know, almost becomes lost or the story that the, the show is supposedly trying to tell gets lost with these random appearances and these random references that are, again, they're no more than just to, again, bring people in by plaguing upon their vices and feeding into their vices. And I think doing a lot of damage uh, to them and, and, and to the culture. All righty. Let us see. Sorry, one of my dogs is snoring in the background. It's really cute. It's really, really cute. <laughs> uh, let's see. Metas, <laughs> Metas are beta on uh, D, uh, sorry, on Odyssey says, hello, glad we're of the seven watching here. YouTube is easy to access to my phone and Roku, but I prefer this instead. Well, hey, man, welcome to the Odyssey fam. Yeah, I, I prefer it too, and I've said this for a long time. If Odyssey can just get their act together, um, and if if they can just figure out a way to metas are beta. Okay, metas are beta. I figured that that's, I, I figured that's what it was, but if they can just find a way to get their apps to do basic things, like they need to work on that. Like again, the two things that Odyssey needs to have in their app, they need to have speed control, which again, they ha like the library, the old Android library app, which is, I don't even think it's support anymore, had speed control in it. So there's no reason why you can't have that in the Odyssey app. doesn't make any sense for you not to. Um, for the iOS app, I think they have it for Android. They don't have it for iOS. So again, why the discrepancy there? And then playlist. I feel like that would be such a a a a really uh you know oh beta metas are beta. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> I was like, what do you mean I'm still not getting the name right? Okay, metas are beta. He says. Okay, gotcha. The R says there have been many improvements, so they are still caring. Oh no, wait, I do not deny that. They are, um, they're not still trying. I, I do not deny that at all. I, I think that they are trying, but to me, the back end stuff, I don't think is nearly as noticeable as that. And I feel like that is such an easy, and I'm not, a, obviously, I'm not a software programmer. So again, I'm probably, you know, speaking out of my mouth on this one, but I, I think that I don't see how it would be that difficult to add those features or functions in, especially if it's already featured in the, other ecosystems app system. It just doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, so I know that it's open source, but I don't know if the app necessarily is. That's that's my own thought. So, all right. Uh, let's see on YouTube. Minnesota hockey fan says, "I've read it. It's been a while. Have you read on?" Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. I I, I bumped into y'all's conversation. My bad. My bad. That was that was on me. That was on me. Um, let's see. Looking for the at Odin's and the member comments. James Hurley says, who's worse, Bob Campia or Steve Shives? <laughs> uh, John Campia. Probably John Campia. 
Let's see. Rob D says, if Brie Larson doesn't know how to drift or drive stick, I want the special features on the DVD Blu-ray Fast 10 to show how bad she wrecks the cars. I don't see. I Yeah. Um, it'll be interesting to see if she actually even does. Because remember, she does her own stunts, but she doesn't really, you know? <laughs> it's like she does her own stunts, but she doesn't really do much of anything. So is she going to be driving any cars? I doubt it. Snorpoobus Cuber says, how are humans and other quitters? How are to you? What's going on? Thank you for being here. Thank you for being a friend. Let's see. Hardwick says, starting to think that the cast of the Northmen would have been the perfect cast for Aquaman. Kidman and Defoe in the same roles, but Skarsgård as Aquaman and Taylor Joy as Mira. Oh, yeah. I mean, Taylor Joy, especially in the midst of everything going on with the Amber Heard situation, is already, I mean, leaps and bounds. Not only is she leaps and bounds more talented than Amber Heard, but also just in general. Yeah, uh, I think I think that's a good shout. Uh, let's see. Soul Assassin's had to say, play Elden Ring and create a Templar Odin character. Yeah, I, I just, yeah, I've seen some of the gameplay for it. It looks like it's fun. I don't know. It just, that, it comes across in, in kind of like that Dark Souls type, and it just seems very difficult. <laughs> Again, I'm, I'm only a casual gamer, uh, and, and when I say casual, I mean it. I, I picked up my Switch the other day, and I started to play through, uh, Zelda, uh, Majora's Mask. I've actually never played Majora's Mask before because the image of the moon freaked me out so much. And my little brother played it. And whenever I, like I saw that image and then I found out that there was this whole, like you're on a time schedule and I'm like, Oh, that freaks me out. I don't like that because I'm not that great of a gamer. So (laughs) I want to be able to, to roam around the world and not have to worry about uh, the time as much. I just never played it. And so I finally started playing it. I'm like, oh, this is actually really interesting. So that's the kind of gamer I am. I'm very very casual. I'm a very casual gamer. But if I do, then yes, if I can create a Templar character, I would. Mr. Hockey Fan says, I have five books about Titanic and some about the ships Oceanic, Lusitania, uh, Mertinania, and Aquitania. I'm probably mispronouncing some of those names. But Storybooks Cuber says, Story had a phone call. From Sister Bear and Running Late. Hey, family is first. Family comes first always. No never, don't ever need to apologize for spending time with family. Even if it's over the phone. Because sometimes that's the only way or the best way for us to be able to communicate with our families. Let's see. Hardwick. Let's see. Did I say, did you ever watch Agora? It was very accurate and twisted the story to make Christians look like anti-science crazed murderers. I have not seen that at all. It definitely sounds somewhat interesting. So you're saying it made it seem that way, but it's not actually that way. Okay. Strawberry Keeper says, is the pizzeria in the Vatican run by a Monsignor? <laughs> uh, I don't think it is, but uh, I really wish. <laughs> I really wish it was. Uh, it'd be great if there's a pizzeria in Italy run by a Monsignor. Hey, Monsignor, I need my pepperoni. And I know this is very offensive to the Italians, but hey. You can make fun of me all you want to. Uh, the R over on Odyssey says, if you're new, remember to add at Odin to start statement. It's possible we'll miss it. Yeah, R, thank you for that. appreciate it. Again, even though it's obviously very slow on Odyssey, I still ask that on all the platforms as at Odin just because it makes it easier, makes it consistent, but also because it lets me know that you are trying to get my attention over there as well. Um, but anyway, thank you for saying that you like my reviews, um, but the faith pulls you in, the R. I really do appreciate that. 70B, I think that's exactly what it is. Uh, yeah, and it, it's it's really kind of sad. Uh, shout out to Force of Light Entertainment. Uh, great, great channel. Uh, both fantastic 
fantastic women. Um, and uh, uh, one of them, it was from the Force of, I'm pretty sure it was from the Force of Light uh, Twitter, but they they retweeted something about the effects uh, of pornography. And I think it's something that we just don't want to face as a culture or as a society. And it's a it's a problem. It 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 is. I would argue that it's it's easily an infinite amount worse than the entire. Not to say that this is saying much, than the entire COVID pandemic is the really like the the pandemic. One could argue, I think, uh, of pornography. I think that that's the destruction of nations. It's the destruction of culture. It's the destruction of marriages. I mean, the number of marriages where people list that as being one of the issues that led to... I mean, we could go into so many more other details about it. Um, to me, even just from a more practical level, because obviously I know that some people are going to be like, just like, oh, I'm turning that off now. I don't want to hear it. I want to hear the preaching. It's like, okay, then if you're the same person that has issues with people paying for Disney Plus or Netflix, etc., because of them supporting different things why would you be in any support of a industry that is a huge part of sex trafficking? It's a verifiable fact. So I think just even from a practical standpoint, looking at it from that way is, Oh, maybe I shouldn't look into that. Uh, let's see. Amazing baking soda says in Endgame, a rat broke, uh, a, a rat brought Palpatine back from the quantum realm. Sorry, I'm mixing up a bad movie. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> no, the other issue with Endgame is that they created the fa- they created the fountain of youth. They created the fountain of youth, and then they just completely ignore it. They had a machine that could make people younger. So they literally created the fountain of youth, and then they just gloss over it. Oh, uh, there he is, Animal Grimm. Fussy, fussy, fussy. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Um, alrighty. Let's see. Yeah, Buffy. Buffy was a great show. Great, great show. But even that had had its had its uh downsides as well. Oh, really? Odyssey on Roku? I don't know if I've looked on my Roku. Because I have NVIDIA Shield, uh, which, I re- which I like a lot because it can, it can do a lot of things. Um, let's see. goes on to say, found Odyssey app on Roku, but I've not been able to find it on Google Play for Android TV. Yeah, I haven't found it either. Um, is it like a full-blown uh, Odyssey app? Like, does it actually like pull up videos and streams and such? I might have to check that out because I do have an older uh, Roku that I could pull that up with and check it out. I do like checking those things out. I'm kind of a tech head in that way. By the way, uh, I think I've mentioned this previously, but the vlog camera that I used to use um, and then didn't use for a long time because of the, because of the pandemic, which would have been a perfect time to use it, oddly enough, um, finally decided to send that in to DJI to, to figure out what was wrong with it. And just like I thought it was the battery problem. Listen to this. So the battery fix or the battery replacement, the battery itself to replace, because they figured it was a battery issue, was $25. The labor was 65 <laughs> And I'm thinking to myself, like, okay, look, I understand, like, you, la- you got to charge for labor and stuff, and that it's out of warranty, but seriously, $25 for the battery itself, and then the labor is 65 like, that just seems so incredibly, like, that, that just seems so much higher 
like proportionally like to such an insane degree at least at least just to my instant reaction of wait a minute what do you right say regardless it's been fixed and it's, it's going to be shipped back to me so uh hopefully they actually fixed it um we'll see uh <laughs> we shall see because uh, if it's been fixed then i definitely want to start using it a lot more often even though i will say that i do like uh, the video that I made of my Sonic the Hedgehog 2 review, for instance, I was able to do with my uh, my iPhone camera. Uh, it was iPhone 13, so it actually worked really, really well. Um, but yeah, uh, I, I would like to play around with that one too because I liked what that was able to do. Um, there's a lot of cool stuff you can do with it. Let's see. Nancy says, is it strange that I did not exactly like Shaun of the Dead? I don't think it's too strange. It's definitely a film that I think is, um, I think a lot of people end up liking it. If, if not, I think out of the Cornetto trilogy in the films of what it's known to be a part of the Cornetto trilogy, I think a lot of people have that as, as one of their favorites. But for me, hot fuzz is just so much better. I just love hot fuzz so much. Like just from the very beginning, like just him walking in, you know, all serious. And then it's like, officer angel and it just everything about that film is so great plus he had a great big bushy beard all for the greater it's all for the greater good so many great moments that film and uh i love it but no uh shawn of the dead i think it's a good film i like it a lot i like shawn of the dead a lot actually it's a good zombie film it's funny but uh yeah, for me, I think I always just whenever it comes up, I always think of it in comparison to Hot Fuzz, and I just prepare, I just prefer Hot Fuzz. So it's like I start thinking about Shaun of the Dead, and I'm like, oh, I may want to rewatch Shaun of the Dead, but then immediately I think about the comparison between that and Hot Fuzz, and I'm like, okay, no, no, I'd much rather watch Hot Fuzz, so I'm gonna watch Hot Fuzz instead. <laughs> like that's just kind of like the mindset that I go through. I feel, and then I just never for any second ever think I want to watch World's End ever again. I just didn't like that movie. You know what the biggest issue with World's End is? And I know that they did this. They flipped the characters. I, I forget, you know, all their names. But uh, the the main the main actor who did, you know, he was in the Star Trek films too. Uh, I'm blanking out on his name. But him and the other guy, you know, the bigger guy, bigger heavyset guy, right? They have always been in films together. And for that film, they decided to switch roles, basically. You know, like the other would have fit better within the character. And I think them doing that really held it back. I really do think it held it back. Simon Pegg and Nick Frost. Thank you. Yes. I'm looking at the live chat right now. Yes. Uh, yeah, they, they flipped Simon Pegg and Nick Frost. And I don't think it worked. I really don't. Um, because they were playing against type. And whereas I think Simon Pegg is actually a a talented actor who can do that. I don't think Nick Frost has that kind of range to him. I don't know. It's been a while since I've seen it because I just didn't like it. <laughs> I just didn't like it at all. And I was so, I was so excited for it. Cause I'm like, okay, they did Shaun of the dead, which was good. They did hot fudge, which was solid and fantastic. And then world's end came out. I'm just like, ah, I just, I don't, I don't like it. I don't understand. Uh, Snow Rubus Cuber says, Templars, Shemplers, give me the hospitaler, uh, the, uh, hos- the, the hospitalers. I, I never can pronounce that correctly. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Really anything from that era. Man, the, the age of the crusade is so misunderstood. All the things that you think you know from your education, all the negative bad things you think you know, and that's the history. There's so much more to it. 
That's some really good stuff in there. Harwick says, I wonder if part of why Brie Larson wanted to be in Fast and Furious movie is because Gal Gadot was in one of the two previously. I doubt it. I mm, I doubt it. That's that's a bit of a stretch because she was in it in such a minor role and then disappeared. I mean, theoretically, let's be honest here, right? No one's ever dead forever in the Fast and Furious universe. Um, they're literally keeping a character alive. Last time I checked, they're keeping a character alive who the actor who plays him is dead. Again, again, I just, oh, reminds me of why I don't like Seven. Um, but technically, Gal Gadot's character, we never see her dead. We just see her fall out of the plane that's on the 20,000 mile, uh, <laughs> ramp, airport <laughs> ramp. Um, so, I mean, she just falls into the darkness. So, theoretically, she could still be alive. Um, but, regardless, I don't think that... Uh, I don't think that... Uh, that just seems a, a bit too obscure. I think that seems a bit too obscure as a reason for her wanting to do it. I don't know. Let's see. Rob D. tried to say, if you order a pineapple pizza at the Monsignor's Pizzeria... He splashes you with holy water. <laughs> no, 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 no. All right. No, there's just like a full-blown exorcism at that point. Actually, no. Scratch that. Reverse it. You're just excommunicated right away. You're just kicked out of the store. Like, he, he, he goes into full exorcist mode, but he's like driving you out because you are the demon in that instance because you like something that's just awful. Uh, let's see. Metas are better over on uh, Odyssey. says, World's End reminded me of a Doctor Who episode like it could be a part of a Doctor Who story. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think that's definitely a, a fair point. As I mentioned, it's been so long since I've seen it because I've only seen it the one time because I had such a bad... I actually saw it. There was at... It was the... When I was working at AMC and there was an AMC uh, event of the Cornello trilogy. So you got to watch all three films and it was a fan event. It was so much fun. And then when we got to... So like, we're just finishing Hot Fuzz and it's like, oh man, it's so great, so amazing. Now I'm so hyped for it. And then you get to World's End you're just like... Oh, what are you doing? It's just not anywhere close to being as good. Uh, favorite sci-fi. Uh, mad props to the hero bird that nailed old Brandon with poop today. What? It, did that really happen? Did the president get pooped on? Because... <laughs> oh, oh boy. <laughs> A chrome... I know you're talking about your computer, but at first I was like, you mean the Chrome Dome? Is that what you're trying to say? (laughs) Are you trying to go after my Chrome Dome? How dare you? (laughs) Uh, Oh, is that where the whole MAGA bird thing is? Okay, that that makes makes a little bit more sense. Because I I don't really stay on social media during the day, uh, during the work week. So I, I miss out on a lot of the new stuff that happens. Uh, just another red shirt tag. Say, I love hot fuzz the best. Mrs. Red shirt hates it, but belly laughs at the world. Belly, belly laughs at world's end. Go figure. I don't understand that at all. What in the world is funny about that movie? I, I just, again, I don't remember any funny parts to it. Geek, uh, geek tree 64 says, I agree. Hot fuzz. Clearly the best of that trilogy. I like the other two, but hot fuzz is on another. Oh yeah, for sure. Just, Everything about it is just so much on another level. Um, I mean, let's be honest. They got Kate Blanchett to be in the film. Yes. For those that maybe don't know the fun facts about it, Kate Blanchett is in Hot Fuzz. 
She plays the uh, girlfriend slash ex-girlfriend um, of, uh, of Officer Angel. And she never shows her face. All you ever get to see are her eyes. And you're like, you see those eyes and you're like, oh yeah, that's Kate Blanchett. Um, and she speaks, but it's so funny. And that entire sequence is great because they're all in masks. And so they're like, wait, you're so-and-so, you're so-and-so. And it's it's about them having, you know, uh, like so and like so Kate Blanche's character is cheating on another. And like the way it gets introduced because he's like, oh, you da-da-da. It's like, oh, I'm not so-and-so. It's like, ah, that's not the person. Hello there. <laughs> just like that one sequence. Hello there. Just solid. Just very, very solid. Uh, Nathan Slay says, it's all for the greater good. Everyone else, the greater good. The greater good. Exactly. <laughs> Alrighty then. All right, we're getting close to the end of the stream. So, uh, let's see. Deus Vault. Amen. Absolutely. Um, let's see. Forever Sci-Fi says, with those universe, Brie even drive a stick shift. Seems like she'd be hitting all three pedals at once. Oh, let's... Oh, come on. We can... We can... We can mock without that. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. Oh, man. Let's see. Hannibal Graham, one pineapple pizza, please. Be gone, demon! Exactly. Get behind me, Satan! Just another red shirt who is a member says the thing I like the most about World's End is that the aliens give Simon Pegg's character something to hate besides himself, so he gets something to live for. Yeah, I just don't. I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't get. I don't get any of it. Uh, Rob D says if I could live in the Crusade time period for one day, I would say, how about that? Insert any religion, huh? And then see how many people try. <laughs> How about those Saracens, eh? <laughs> yeah, I think about like some of the older names uh, of the different groups. Speaking of groups, yesterday, I think it was yesterday, was the feast day, traditional feast day of uh, Pope St. Leo the Great. And for those that don't know, there's an amazing story about Pope St. Leo the Great. He met Attila the Hun. So he, he like left out the Vatican and met Attila the Hun face to face and told him to turn him and his horde around. Like, and they literally were just rampaging through everything. He told him to turn around and Attila listened. What a bad, like seriously, like what, what a bro. He just goes out to Attila the Hun and's like, get out of here. And Attila's like, all right. That's why he is considered the great of the Leos. Uh, Hardwick says, have you seen the early 2000s Aflac commercial where Dr. Frankenstein swaps the minds of the duck voiced by Gilbert Godfrey and the bride played by Melania Trump? No, I have not. I had no idea that she was even in it. That's interesting. Uh, just another red shirt says the thing I like most about world and okay. Sorry. I got that one already. I think he had taken it back and then went, uh, orange reviews says Odin verified video evidence of the president getting pooped on. Oh man. Oh man. Uh, Harwick says, actually, I think he just switches their voices, not their minds. It's hilarious to hear Melania Trump voicing the Aflac duck and Gilbert Godfrey voicing her, though. I bet. It sounds like it sounds like it's fun. 
Uh, let's see. AJD Old Channel Archive. Welcome. It says, I'm not Christian, but my whole life revolves around virtue, ethics, spirituality. God bless you and all you uphold. Well, thank you very much, man. I really do appreciate that. It always means a lot to hear that, especially from, from those that are from, from a different background. See, Minnesota hockey fan says a lot of history that I was taught in public school was a lie. When I learned history for myself, it was different, uh, differently, not what I was definitely not what I was told in school. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of things there. That's why you always got to get one, the full story. And, and two, that means you have to get all sides of the story as well, you know? And that's why I'm so interested in, in learning so many things. I mean, there are so many things, for instance, about Vatican II that I've only discovered as of recently. Uh, there's so many other things about the, the the modernist trends in our world and, and, and in the church. And uh, again, a lot of these things you just don't know or just they're either kept from you or... But yeah, I mean, even even growing up with a Catholic education, there was never a positive uh, spin on on crusades in any way. It was always seemed as like, oh, we got to talk about it, right? It's a terrible thing. And again, there were terrible actions that were done. No one's denying that. But to say that the entire concept of the crusades overall is an inherently bad thing when the entire concept of the crusades was to literally take the Holy Land back from invaders who were expanding an empire it's like you can't gloss over that fact either. <laughs> it's like you just can't you can't really gloss over that um and so i think that we can focus obviously on and we should talk about the evils that were done uh was it peter the hermit who led the children's crusade or something um you know obviously that led to that led to evil but we also have to take everything within one historical context to the full story, the full account. And that's why it's so important for us to, you know, unfortunately we can't rely on anything except our own ability to research and, and read and make decisions and to learn as much as we can. That's why I've been in so many books. Can't wait for the summer to just dive in and just start learning more. Master of Gaming says, Fantastic Beasts and Secrets of Dumbledore. It's gay scene and Warner Brothers removed it from China. Oh, I'm not surprised by that at all. Um, but yeah, again, we look to that we say, why? Why was this necessary for you to add to the story? I assume that it was with Dumbledore, which again, the whole character being changed, it's like it was not a part of the original character. Stop trying to pretend like it was there. <laughs> Let's see. Dear Side Cyclops says, have you read A Distant Mirror by Barbara Touchman? Interesting story of the history of the 13th century crusades. No, I have not. Uh, see, Candy D says, I don't like movies with torture. I can understand that. Um, they don't bother me as much, but I definitely don't like it over a long period. So like the first or second soft film, I don't like those parts, but the story is enough to kind of keep me to go through them. But then over time, it eventually just becomes so focused and obsessed that it gets really uh, disturbing. And it's like, okay, at this point, I don't even want to watch it. Key 264 says, It's always amazes me that Brie Larson is in 21 Jump Street and the movie is still hilarious. Proves how good it is, I suppose. Well, I, I and then people don't always like the fact that I do come to her defense. I don't think that she is entirely crap. She She's had good films that she's been in. She's had good roles. The movie Room, I think, is still a, uh, a solid performance from her. Um, and I, I've said this before. She just can't do, she doesn't have any raw talent. 
She can only give a good performance if she has a good director who is able to guide her. And we know this is true because we've seen a lot of her other films that have been complete crap, but also we've seen her direct herself in Unicorn Store. And we've seen how bad that is. And that, to me, was that clear indication that, oh, you can only do anything worth anything acting-wise when you actually have a solid hand behind you, which over the course of her career, later on in her career especially, has not been very common. Because I talk about the movie Room, but I just talk about an independent film called Short Term 12. Short Term 12 is the one that I think um, really showcases that if she has if she has a solid director behind her. Uh, Hardwick says, what do you think about Sam Elliott's apology? I haven't really looked into it a whole lot, to be honest. Um, yeah, that kind of stuff just, I don't think, really interests me as much. Uh, what are your thoughts on Christian movie Left Behind starring Nick Cage, Master of Gaming? Uh, the whole Left Behind series is, yeah, because th- then you're getting into a lot of, you know, yeah. Because the entire premise of Left Behind and even just that entire theology of of the con- the concept of that is based on very faulty theology. And most of the time, a lot of those things are based off of an incredibly... Uh, distorted reading of the book of revelation and a total misunderstanding of, of what the book of revelation was and, and was supposed to be uh, geek true uh, geek truth 64 Dick Cage version of left behind uh, missing Kirk Cameron. What a feat. The movies will never capture the books again. I, the, the movie is the only thing I ever saw, but the whole left behind concept, as I mentioned before, is just, it's, it's very theologically flawed. Uh, happy Easter to you, Master of Gaming. Appreciate that a lot. But yes, we are ending things. So going to get any last second comments before just ending things all together. Uh, Hardwick says, Agora is a movie starring Rachel Weisz about the ancient scientist uh, Hypatia who was murdered by a mob. The movie made it look like the mob was Christian science haters, which isn't true. Ah, okay. I gotcha. Interesting. So the movie lied then. I don't know if I'd want to watch the movie then. Yeah, I mean, it's it's just like how people still think Galileo was tortured and and, and was uh, imprisoned. It's like, no, he actually was, was kept in a very nice apartment, uh, fully furnished. <laughs> in fact, uh, one other fun fact I, I just recently discovered was when Galileo was under, really was under house arrest, more so than anything else, but... <laughs> Think about it. think about it if you were put in if you were put under house arrest, but you went to like the White House. Not a, and again, no connection to the current occupant of the White. It's again like you're you're in like a mansion basically. But I also found out that he was given unlimited access to paper and ink, and at that time in history, oh my goodness, that's incre that that would have been incredibly expensive. So. Yeah, anytime you ever hear someone bring up the whole Galileo affair in the church, one, bring up the fact, okay, he was never tortured and he was never excommunicated. And then you have to bring up the second fact, which is that the only reason why he got in trouble was because he tried to teach theology. It was not because of his scientific discovery. It was because he tried to teach theology. And he did not have a license to teach theology. (laughs) So that's what got him in trouble. 
But again, people don't want to talk about the truth. People don't want to actually go into the facts. Uh, the R says, God bless and happy Easter to you and all my Odysseans. You as well. The R, the Vake coming in now with a $5 says, super chat says, how's the S9 going? Any particular favorites? Don't feel afraid of using my list if you want to cut through the mediocre episodes. I appreciate that list, Vake. No, I'm going to keep watching all of them, man. I want to watch them. I want to watch them all. Get the full experience. I've gone through... Uh, I haven't updated anything really since. I think I'm now like, what, nine or ten episodes in. I got past the episode, the board game episode, and I actually found I found it funny. I found it entertaining. So I, I know it's not a great episode, but it is, I think, entertaining. Definitely, uh, definitely had me entertained for sure. So thank you again very much for uh, that super chat. I appreciate it. Thank you again for that list. I really do appreciate it. Um, and I think I'll probably more so use that for other things, um, and navigating, uh, like the other series more so than with this one, because this one is one where, as I mentioned before, I'm going to try and do, uh, the plan is me, uh, and then a, a great YouTube comment, uh, YouTube Catholic commentator, Ryan Grant, who is also brilliant with, uh, translations. He has a, a website, mediaxexpress.com. Brilliant guy. If you want to get a lot of traditional Catholic stuff, like he he's one of your go-to guys. Brilliant guy. Um, and then also Anthony Stein, who was also very brilliant. Uh, uh, another Catholic commentator as well. And we're going to try and do a show on DS9 and on some of the deeper philosophical, moral, religious uh, questions that come up. And I think the plan is for us to do it by season. So I want to watch all the episodes so I can get a full understanding. So that way I can actually bring something to the table versus just, you know, seeing certain episodes uh geek truth says yep had to watch every episode of ds9 don't skip anything uh animal grim says arrow 4k uhd of robocop is pretty slick yeah um Yeah, I don't know if I ever show this or not because I need to do a blu-ray collection update because I've got a ton of stuff from arrow video and also from arrow video and uh MVD visual. So, you know, that I, I get videos, uh, I get movies from them. And so some of the things that I got were, for instance, American werewolf in London. So this is a, the 4k edition, the 4k special collector's edition of that. So again, I'll do a full breakdown of that. But one of the other things I got also, and I didn't realize that they were going to release it as a steel book was the steel book for RoboCop on 4k. And, uh, and I believe that this is the, yeah, it's the arrow video release. Uh, steelbook so um yeah I, I, I think this is the first steelbook that they've ever done if i'm not mistaken but yeah uh so i got this one actually weeks ago um they sent it over so i'm very excited uh to have this and to check it out i think i also pre-ordered another copy which is delayed now because i was going to use that as a giveaway but then also i never knew this existed but mary shelley's frankenstein with kenneth brauna and robert de niro never knew this existed if you could quickly let me know if it's good or not, let me know because De Niro and Kenneth Branagh in a Frankenstein movie, it just sounds like it'd be good. But obviously, uh, sometimes it's hit and miss when it comes to Arrow Video, I feel, as far as the uh, the stories themselves. All right. Let's see if I can get any of just those last second comments about whether or not anyone has seen that Frankenstein. And uh, Oh, Tina says, no, burn that with fire. Oh, my goodness. It's a 4K, though, Tina. It's got to be somewhat good. The R says that Frankenstein is intense. I hope you like it. Hannibal Grimm says, I got the non-steel book 
the book that came with it made me very happy. Oh no, if you get yeah, so you probably got the special special collector's edition set. And those are always great because it comes with an awesome booklet. There's probably a little mini poster in there, too. Uh, so you got some good stuff there, man. Yeah. Uh, Kyle Builder says, Frankenstein sucks. Hardwick says, unfortunately, I did not find Brana's Frankenstein very good. Oh, man. DK264, I was surprised that Best Buy actually had Arrow releases in store. Yeah. Yeah. Not something you typically find in a Best Buy. But again, the Steelbook, that might be the connection. Alice McCarthy. Okay. Here's my confirmation. All right, for everyone who said that you did not like it and did not think it was very good, I don't take your opinion seriously. By the way, I do. But what confirms that it's bad is that Alex McCarthy has said, I liked it. So all the people saying it's bad means nothing to me. Alex McCarthy saying it's good means everything because that means that it has to be terrible because he is the king of terrible movie takes. So, so again... I appreciate everyone's feedback on that. Glad to have the warning uh, before going into it, but I, I was sent it to. I was sent it. I got it on 4K, so I figure might as well get it. Uh, Soul, oh man, Soul Assassin, Wishbones Frankenstein is better. Well, anything with Wishbones better. And you're right, Stephanie B. You're right. Sorry, Frankenstein, Frankenstein. You're correct. Um, everything's better with Wishbone. What's the story, Wishbone? Uh, Odin just pictured De Niro in that universe just now. (laughs) I don't know. Could have been back when he was, you know, not crazy like he is now. Give me Young Frankenstein any day, says Nordapoopus. I totally agree on that one. All right. I do need to head out. I am am well over time. So thank you all so very much for for being here tonight. I've had tons of fun in this uh, discussion all over the place a lot of faith discussion uh talking about the crusades talking about uh cornetto trilogy tons of other topics so thank you all very much uh for for being here i hope you all have a wonderful rest of your holy week so tomorrow is spy wednesday and then we have holy thursday good friday then holy saturday and of course easter sunday uh, so to all those out there celebrating uh, this these final days of Lent and the upcoming Easter Triduum, I hope you have a blessed one. Uh, again, I'm so excited to be in New Orleans for at least two of those days uh, to be able to go to my uh, more traditionally minded parish uh, down there. And again, if you're in the New Orleans area, St. Patrick's Church, fantastic, solid, solid Orthodox Church. Um, but yeah, I hope you all have a wonderful and blessed uh, rest of your Lent Easter Triduum and a blessed Easter because I will not be on Friday Night Tights as I will be traveling and doing uh, spiritual, religious uh, related um, and family related uh, stuff on Friday. And then the same also for Saturday. There will be no Saturday stream. So I will see you all next Tuesday when we will be back at it. And by then, I'll have seen Father Stu. So do look out. There will be some videos on the channel. Try and get box office update type of stuff out there. I'm seeing Father Stu tomorrow. I'm going to try and see. um, (laughs) I don't want to see it, but I'm going to try and see Fantastic Beast probably next week at some point. Um, And uh, there's a couple other films that I I much rather would see instead. But anyway, I do have some reviews set to come out and also box office talk to to come out as well. and with all that being said, thank you all very much. Also, please support Stephanie B and Tina B. Right now, it's just being featured on Tina's channel. I think the plan was originally to go back and forth, and then Stephanie B said, let's just leave it on Tina B's channel. I think they're still doing that. But, but, wait, Father Christopher Miller is is in the chat? No, I don't think he's in the chat. But 
he's actually doing he's doing fine uh, he's getting set up in his new parish so um because i've been in private communication with him so he's doing well but shout out shout out to uh father just another red shirt got starlink oh let me know how starlink works man i've heard uh interesting things about it but anyway you guys are all phenomenal again i hope you all have a wonderful amazing and blessed easter thank you for listening thank you for watching thank you for your love and for your support and uh yeah Thank you also, shout out to Tina and Steph, because as I was trying to say earlier as well, they have their own channel that they've started, their own show that they've channeled, uh, their own show that they started, and I believe they have a stream scheduled for Friday. So uh, make sure that you subscribe to them and make sure that you set your time up ready for for that. Um, we'll probably watch the, uh, the on Sunday, the Easter Beagle. What? <laughs> anyway, thank you all very much for being here. I hope you all have a wonderful rest of your evening. Blessed Holy Week. Blessed Easter. And as always, God bless. And now for a huge shout out to all of my April Patreon, Subscribestar, and Locals members. Starting off with Patreon with Animation Commentator, Brandon. Let's go, Brandon. Brian P. Christopher Bowman. Father Christopher Miller. Hail to you, Father. Father Damian Cook. Garrett Searles. Harold Francis. Hymir Ari Hymason, Inflamed Wood, Jacob from Holland, Jeff Toon, Joe Horn, Jonathan Carney, Gomer Kyle 79, Laura, the Modern Major General Story, Mike Jackson, Mad Mitch Dunaway, Mondo Spieler, Mr. Peabody, On to June, Orange Hat Reviews, Priscilla Hall, Rosella Allen, Stan Andrian, Miss Martin Muses, Theodore Benden, Tina Bojan, and Tina B, the Empress of the Universe. Thank you very much for supporting me over on Patreon. And also to my Subscribestar peeps, Matt317, Storm Tracker, The R, Fast Reaction, Nosferatu Gatsu, Stan4, John B, Mr. Roy, Glinzer, J. Alice McCarthy Jr., Dean Heiss, J-Rod, the Beer Guru, and ZK Man. And also a huge shout-out to my Locals members, uh, starting off with Kara Tharp, Tharp 56 Also, UAB, Mad Dog, Mike Jackson, Robert Barnes, and also a huge support as well to Brett D 90 Thank you very much for supporting me over on Locals. Thank you again to everyone for supporting the channel. Please, if you want your name shouted out at the end of every live stream and video, go ahead and check out the top link at the video description. It is my Willow link, as I like to describe it, and it brings you to a link tree where you get access to all of these different locations, as well as all of the various social media platforms that you can follow me on. If you join at the uh, Citizen of Asgard level, you get your name shouted out at the end of every single live stream and video. Army of Asgard level gets you that, plus you get access to a giveaways channel that I have on discord if you ever don't have access to that giveaways channel please contact me i do send out the link to the discord and and with the instructions on it uh at the beginning of every single month but if you don't have access to that giveaways channel where i'm giving away 4ks and blu-rays and all that kind of stuff as much as i possibly can give away is available there uh please just reach out to me and i will gladly walk through the process to make sure you get access to that giveaways channel and again that is again army of asgard level whether you be on patreon subscribe star or on locals also if you are the keeper of the bifrost level you get access to all of that plus you get access to a podcast that i do with john the flick pick flickinger we try and do it once or twice a month i think we're gonna try and do it twice this month to make up for uh some miscommunication that we had last month so be on the lookout for 
that and look out for those uh, podcast Q&A posts that are always available on the Patreon main page, the Subscribestar main page, on the YouTube side of things as well. The YouTube community tab, you'll always find the podcast Q&A there and also on the Locals uh, page as well. And if you join at the Chosen of Valhalla level, the highest of the levels, you get access to all of that. Plus, if it's your first month, you get a free t-shirt, any t-shirt you want from my Teespring, my Public, whichever one you want to get it from. You just let me know the size, uh, location I'm sending it to, uh, color, that kind of stuff. You get it sent to you. Plus, you get to be featured once a month on the Chosen of Valhalla live stream where we all come together and just talk about movies and really anything the Chosen wants to talk about. And it is a lot of fun. Anyway, thank you all very much for your love and for your support. You guys are all amazing and beautiful people. Hope you all have a wonderful rest of your day. And as always, God bless. <laughs>